We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What is going on, everybody? Welcome to Striking Gold, your 49ers podcast on the Blue Wire Network. My name's Rob Lauder. I cover the 49ers for all of you fine folks on the other end of the speaker. And how the hell are you? How the hell is everybody? How are you doing? I actually just got back yesterday from the Bay Area. Yes, I. it is possible to go to San Francisco and not be from there. And not take a picture and let everybody know I'm there. You know, I, w- I thought about posting a, you know, Bay Area, uh, I'm in you type of post. And I was just like, nah, I don't think so, man. Like, these days I got to have incentive to tweet something. Like, I'm, I'm not a recreational tweeter anymore. Uh, you know, it's got to it's gotta be, obviously I'll tweet about free agency signings and stuff like that, but. It's it's tough for me to fire off a tweet that just has no real purpose <laughs> at this point. Um, but anyways, that's that's neither here nor there. But it was a, a wild day in San Francisco. I stayed at the Intercontinental, which is badass because that's the name of the hotel that John Wick stays in. And then eventually gets excommunicado, but that's still ongoing. Cannot wait for John Wick Chapter 4, by the way. The first three movies are phenomenal. Um just some of the best action movies ever made. Keanu Reeves is just timeless. And from what I've read about the new one, chapter four, it's, it's supposed, it could be the best one of the, of the four. Now I don't necessarily think anything will ever quite compete with the original, given the storyline and, you know, his wife and his dog and all that jazz. But I just love the movies. And I just think for a movie to approach itself, like knowing that everyone's just expecting action and nothing above that, for them to deliver constantly and then manage to go above and beyond that. It's just, I just love it. I just absolutely love those movies. The fact that we've gotten four of them now. So whenever you're feeling it, you could just fire off one, two, three, four, bam. Like it's, it's just a, a pretty timeless. Doesn't quite necessarily, at least for me, reach like Jason Bourne levels. Like I think the Bourne trilogy is just one of the best trilogies ever made. 
that could just be me though, but I just think they're phenomenal. Um, you know, you got Lord of the Rings, probably the best trilogy ever made. I, I, you know, I guess there's a lot of competition for that title. I'm thinking of like Star Wars, the OGs, whatever. As you can see, we're definitely on topic here. But anyways, San Francisco was crazy. The wind was crazy. You could hear the the wind howling like throughout the hotel. Now it was an older, older hotel, but that was almost what made it cool. It was older, but it was very nice, very well kept. All the, uh, what do you call people that work at hotels? I, I know I know this, but I can't think of it right now. Where they were so polite, so nice. Everything was just just first class. And it was a Monday. We stayed there on a Monday night. So it wasn't expensive. Um, I was there for a friend's wedding. But anyways, the weather was nuts. It was raining, windy. On the way home, actually, back to Fresno, the wind was blowing so hard that, one, I had to have both my hands on the wheel and I was locked in. But two, the windshield wipers that I had to turn on because of the rain couldn't they would go up really quickly and then they it would they would struggle to come back down because the wind was pushing them back up it was unbelievable weather probably the most wind i've ever felt to the point where it like folded it was folding umbrellas inside out and taking them down the street and we saw road signs that were getting ripped off the hinges and the bolts um it was wild it was wild there was construction equipment that was like or like, you know, signs and cones and that were thrown onto the road. And thankfully we were able to get all the way home. Never really have any traffic backed up or any accidents or anything, but that's the, my, the last time I drove to the Bay area before that was for the 49ers game. Um, against the Seahawks where the rain was nuts, the roads were flooding, people were crashing. So my last couple drives to the Bay area have just been intense. You know, they've just been, never mind, I'm not even going to, the worst joke. Whenever I think in my mind I'm about to say intense, I always say camping instead. You know, get it? Camping is intense. Horrible. Just the worst. But I warned you. I I, I told you it was going to be bad. And it, and it, it is. It is bad. But anyways, let's get down to the needy greedy. Anybody know what that's from? Let's, let's get down to the needy greedy. Kind of giving it away with a voice, but. One of my absolute favorite comedies on planet Earth. We'll just leave it at that. It's a a free agency officially kicked off today. I'm recording this on Wednesday, March 15th. Today was free agency day. Uh, The the past two days that make it seem like free agency has started was legal tampering. It's the worst name. The worst name. Legal. This is the legal tampering period. I just like want to put my mouth real close to the mic and just say it like a total weirdo because it is weird. But I've already talked about it. And let me just start by saying the 49ers have done more and given out more than I really thought they were in the picture to give out so far. I've been pleasantly surprised and moderately impressed by the moves the 49ers have made in free agency. Uh, they managed to, despite being what seemed like maybe the 49ers are not planning on signing Nick Bosa this offseason. Maybe they are. doesn't matter. We know they're keeping Nick Bosa, but obviously with a fifth-year option that they've already picked up, technically, I mean, he's only had three years, right? So he's got his fourth year on his contract, then the fifth-year option. So I'm assuming the 49ers are going to extend Nick Bosa 
this year. But I suppose they could wait until the end of his fourth year because even then he's still got another year on his contract given the fifth-year option. I, I believe I'm adding all that up right. But anyways, so I, I always assumed that deal was coming. And the 49ers at the start of free agency only had about $6.5 million of salary cap. Now, they did restructure Charvarius Ward and Fred Warner. Um, Fred Warner's deal to free up, I want to say, roughly about $20 million combined between the two, somewhere in there. And that's what gave them a lot of the space to make the moves they made. And, uh, and they lost a lot of players. We'll go over that later. But we're going to start with the additions. And right off the bat... I'm not going in chronological order. Um, I may not bring it. I may forget some of them, but obviously we're going to hit the big ones. I don't think I'll miss anything. Right off the bat, you have uh, the signing of former Eagles defensive lineman Javon Hargrave, which is, I mean, you're talking about one of the premier, not just defensive linemen in the NFL, but, well, I mean, I mean, whichever way I want to say this, not one of the premier free agents available this year uh, and one of the premier defensive linemen in the NFL. Probably would have been a better, better way of saying it, saying it. The 49ers had a front row seat for what Javon Hargrave was able to do against them. They were able to compare that to what Javon, the other Javon, Javon Kinlaw, was completely unable to do in the NFC Championship game. And they went and made a splash that I just did not see coming. And this is a huge move. And I, I think one of the biggest, the bigger parts of this move that doesn't, that hasn't been talked about as much is stealing a player of this caliber away from the Philadelphia Eagles that obviously beat them in the NFC championship game to go on to lose to the chiefs in the super bowl. Um, and you're, uh, you, they have effectively taken one of the Eagles, what has been one of the Eagles best defensive linemen for about six years, seven years. They gave uh, Cleland Farrell a huge – I said Cleland, Cleland Farrell. We'll get to that one. I didn't even say his ring. We'll, we'll get to that one. They gave him a huge contract. You know, it was, it was not cheap in the slightest. You've got – I'm pulling it up right now. Oh, you know what? I'm in the uh, – I'm in the non – the 49ers, the players that the 49ers have lost. So – Four years, $84 million for Javon Hargrave. Um, includes $40 million guaranteed. An absolute premier signing that I just did not see coming. Now, it's it, just because it's a surprise doesn't mean I think it's wrong in any way, shape, or form. It is just a splashy move that I did not see coming. You Now you're going to have Nick Bosa. You're going to have Eric Armstead. And you're going to have Javon Hargrave as the three premier pieces along that defensive line now the other defensive end slash pass rusher is a little up in the air you've got drake jackson uh, you've got uh cleanland farrell who we'll talk about in a little bit that could play into the play into that spot but in terms of the premier pieces that's who it is you know bosa armstead hargrave it, it, I mean, it's tough not to just be really impressed with this signing, uh, excited about what it's going to manifest. Uh, Hargrave is 30 years old, but he one of his biggest and best traits is his durability. Going all the way back to his rookie year, he's played in 15 games, 16, 16, 16, 15, 16, and then 17 um, in 2022. So he misses very, very, very little time. 
And one of the biggest blending this into another conversation point about Hargrave is one of DeForest Buckner's biggest attributes outside of just being a phenomenal player was his durability. He just, I mean, despite the fact that he was just playing as a rookie, just record number of snaps didn't matter. He just didn't miss time. And Hargrave looks to be similar. And and the the fact that he just turned 30, um, let me see if he's got it in here. (laughs) Pro football reference says Javon Hargrave's nickname is Gravedigger. I mean, I kind of like that because the, uh, you know, the, uh, the monster truck, but Hargrave has only been 30 for 36 days. So he's not on the far end of 30. And he is, like I said, he's somebody that has been durable. He's coming off his best season, 11 sacks, 60 total tackles, 10 tackles for loss, 16 quarterback hits. Year before that, seven and a half sacks, four and a half, four, six and a half. It's a huge year, and the 49ers are going to look to unlock Hargrave and use him exactly how the Eagles used him. And the Eagles were able to have so much success with Hargrave, um, partially because there was just so much talent surrounded him. He got him a lot of one-on-ones, and I think the 49ers are going to attempt to do one of the same things. Now, he's not as good of a run defender as you would like. Um, I don't know how much of, a, of that was a product of what he was asked to do in Philadelphia. But at the same time, I don't think the 49ers are going to mind because they want interior pressure. They want interior penetration. They've got the linebackers to help clean up any deficiencies that may be present in Hargrave's run game. They just want interior pressure. They want sacks coming from the middle along with Armstead that can complement Bosa and kind of squeeze those quarterbacks into a pinch between those two players. Um, Buckner, DeForest Buckner did make a comment like a uh, – you know, this is pretty much the contract that I wanted. Well, the problem with that is, and I get where DeForest Buckner's coming from. I understand it. But that was three years ago, right? No, I mean, wasn't that like 2018? When did they trade trade DeForest Buckner? Um, at the time, they the salary cap was lower. The 49ers had an expensive quarterback to pay. And things were just different. Like the 49ers are in different position. At the same time, this is them sort of, bowing out of the in my opinion the Javon Kinlaw pick like it's obvious that that pick has not materialized or panned out whatsoever I'm sure if you ask the 49ers would you would you have preferred to go back in time and kind of just work Buckner's deal out and make find a way to make it work knowing what was going to happen with Kinlaw I think of course they'd say yes but that's you know I mean Playing revisionist history and and going with what you know now doesn't exactly. It's not exactly a, a good talking point. It doesn't really mean much. But Kinlaw didn't work out. They're biting the bullet on that. They can't just continue to let that position group suffer, and so they went and got the, the one of the best at at the position. And it just is a move that I again find very surprising, given the contracts they have on the uh, on the horizon. But I don't think it's worth complaining. I think it's an absolutely stellar move that makes this defense a lot better. It's one of those moves that, despite some of the losses at other positions, might make the 2023 49ers defense better than it was in 2022. I mean, it's that big of a signing. It's huge. It's one of adding one of the NFL's best defensive linemen, and uh, I'm looking forward to seeing where that where that one goes. The next biggest one, not necessarily in terms of money. But in terms of just something to talk about, getting the uh, getting the lips moving is obviously quarterback Sam Darnold, 
who agreed to a one-year deal. I want to say it was $4.5 million with $3.5 million guaranteed with incentives that push it all the way up near $12 million. And at first, my first tweet was, you know, the 49ers needed a quarterback that was good enough but was inexpensive and was okay and was experienced and might be okay with the idea of being the third string quarterback. And I do think that Darnold fits that bill, given what they're paying him. But especially with those incentives on the contract, I think it's clear that the 49ers told Darnold, like, look, when you first get here, you are going to be in competition with Trey Lance for the starting job. Period. Brock Purdy just had his surgery. He has he he has to get through the entire recovery process, which is about three to four months before he can even start throwing a football. And all and that's assuming everything goes well and as planned. So look, like, yes, we know there there is a chance that you could be the third stream quarterback, but when you get here, you are competing with Trey Lance for the starting role at the start of the season. And there is nothing saying that Trey Lance should be or should be or will be given that job over Darnold. It just doesn't work like that. The 49ers don't know about enough about Lance to just give him that position. And I think that it's fair, and maybe it'll bring out the best in Lance, for him to go into the offseason knowing, shit, the 49ers brought in Sam Darnold. Darnold's obviously struggled earlier in his career, but he's finishing on a good note. I mean, if you go to uh, Darnold's last season, he played six games. He was four and two in those games. He only completed about 59% of his passes, but they were for 1,143 yards, seven touchdowns to three interceptions. And he was, by all means, from everybody I've talked to, and I, I mean, I haven't got a chance to break down Sam Darnold film, but he did pretty well given the sick circumstances and everything that was going on. So it's an interesting addition for the 49ers that I think holds a lot more intrigue than I initially gave it credit for. You know, especially once you started to looking looking at the contract and the details that it came out. Um I think that it's just the reality of things that he can give Trey Lance a run for his money. And and if you, any of you guys if you guys have listened to the podcast, you know that I'm very much um I wouldn't say in Trey Lance's corner because I'm not necessarily in any player's corner, but I think that Trey Lance has a uh, Lance has a very big opportunity here to claim this job and make it hard for the 49ers to turn it over to Purdy once he's healthy. And, and I'm not saying they're not going to, but at least they could he could make it a hard decision or one that they may give just give thoughts about. And then you've got Darnold coming in who now gets to see what Lance is truly made of, and maybe Darnold can be a surprise. And I'm not saying that now the 49ers have another starting quarterback, but Darnold has a very clear path to earning that role, and all he's got to do is beat out Lance. And if I had to bet on one of the two, I'd bet on Lance. But you never know. Like It's just, it's just up in the air. We don't know how Purdy's recovery is going to go. We don't even know how 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 quickly Lance is going to recover from recover from his ankle injuries, uh, injury that required multiple surgeries. It's just an interesting dynamic, and I think there's more to the diurnal signing than I initially gave it credit for. So that's an interesting signing, one that could just shake things up. And then in addition to that, there's also 
Um, the third quarterback rule was proposed this year where the team could carry uh, a third quarterback to kind of try and avoid the situations like the 49ers had to deal with in the NFC Championship game. That comes without a roster penalty. So you could still you could carry the, uh, that third quarterback and still be able to have the rest of your, your normal roster set up. But at the same time, even if that rule didn't get passed, I think the 49ers would consider keeping three quarterbacks on the game day roster anyways because – they just, they've had it. So interesting. And I, I do like the Sam Darnold signing, especially when you look at the contracts that other quarterbacks are getting, the money they're getting. I think that the 49ers kind of hit a sweet spot with Darnold in, in paying him, not overpaying him for his services and not underpaying him for the possibility of what he could be asked to do. So I think that was a good signing. Um, one that was equally as good that I was, uh, Happy to see, just given the vibes that I picked up from Jake Brendel throughout the year. Um, there was there was reports coming out as free agency kicked in during the legal tampering period that there was a lot of teams that were interested in Jake Brendel, who was the 49ers starting center last year. And it seemed like Brendel may get priced out of the 49ers range, given the other contracts they were getting out, giving out and the ones that were coming. But they found a way to make it work. I mean, if I if you read the tweet that I wrote, um, and it was just based on my own feelings and the way I thought, uh, felt about Brendel and his experience with the 49ers last year, I wrote, it seems the 49ers may be priced out of retaining Jake Brendel, but it wouldn't surprise me if the two sides found a way to make it work. The team put a lot of trust in Brendel last season, and he delivered. And sure enough, that wasn't me calling it by any means. If anything, that was finding a way to walk the down the middle. But they found a way to make it work. They re-signed Brendel to a four-year deer deal. Deer. Uh, let me see. I pulled up over the cap. Let me see if if uh, what did I do with it? I think it's right here. Let me see if they've got the contract details in the actual numbers, but I'm not seeing it on here. Where are you? Yeah, they don't even have it on here yet. Let me just click on this name and see if it says, they don't even have him as, as signing with anybody yet. Yeah, this is a little outdated for the old Jake Brendel on over the cap. Sign him to a four-year deal. I want to say it's for about five to six million a year. And, and I, I just, I just, like I said, I just had a feeling Given my experiences with Brendel throughout the year, you know, I asked him a few questions. And just kind of just what I picked up off of him was that he was enjoying his time in San Francisco. And he enjoyed the fact that after hopping around between team after team after team after team, uh, you know, and the kind of the way Raheem Mostert did to start his career, he finally got his feet under him, earned a starting role, did well, got interest from other teams but then just wanted to finish what he started in San Francisco. And from my knowledge, I believe the Jets offered him more than the 49ers did, but he chose to stay with the 49ers. And that is a, that's kind of a common thing with the Niners. I think a lot of players really enjoy their time there. It's obviously a great part of the country slash state. Um, and that's not a political statement. That's just California's pretty. It's got great weather. You know, there's a lot of cool shit within a short distance in San Francisco. I mean, you're very rarely far from the beach and you're very rarely far from the snow and the mountains and the desert. Like you could just kind of, you kind of got it all in California. So it doesn't surprise me 
uh, including some ridiculous taxes. But it doesn't surprise me that players just want to stay. And you talk, we've heard so much about the 49ers locker room. We've heard so much about Kyle Shanahan, all of these different aspects of what it's like to be on this 49ers team. And it shouldn't surprise us anymore that players want to stay. Not to mention the 49ers went all the way to the NFC Championship game and lost in, I wouldn't say controversial fashion, but disappointing fashion after losing their quarterback. And Brendel stays. And that, to me, is a good thing for the 49ers. It keeps that continuity in place. It keeps that relationship that Brendel developed with the 49ers quarterbacks. And... um it's it's a great it's a great signing and I'm impressed that the 49ers were able to make it work and I think it just says a lot about both Brendel and the team that the two sides were able to uh to come together. And so um obviously the 49ers are are hoping hoping that Brendel can maintain what he did last year. It wasn't incredible, but it was solid. Um and I uh, you know maybe improving on that moving forward now that he uh he can get more playing time, get more experience in the offense. He's not drinking the playbook through a fire hose. He is, uh, you know, he a lot of the stuff he's going to need to know, he already knows. All right, listen up, people, especially all our guys out there. We've got a special offer on the newest addition to your daily self-care routine. Do you shower? How about brushing your teeth? I sure as hell hope so. And I know you manscape to keep the ladies in your life happy. Listen, no shame. Self-care is cool and it's manly. And that's why you need to add Sword Vitality Excalibur to your daily routine. Sword Vitality Excalibur can encourage optimal sexual health by increasing blood flow to help you thrive when it matters. Trust me, you might think your girl's happy now, but what if she could be happier? This 30-day regimen designed to benefit your reproductive function can help maintain a healthy libido and stamina. Now, who doesn't want to last longer? Look, the fact of the matter is this. 40% of men experience impotence at the age of 40 and nearly 70% of men at age 70. It's time to take control of your sexual health. Stop buying sketchy pills at gas stations. Stop hiding little blue pills in your sock drawer and get sword vitality. You'll be proud of this product. It looks good on the shelf. It sure as hell feels good, and it shows your partner you care. Add Sword Vitality to your pregame, and you'll always be ready for game time. Visit SwordVitality.com now and use promo code GOLD at checkout for a nice discount. That's SwordVitality.com, promo code GOLD, and that discount won't be the only thing you're getting. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. 
That's indeed.com slash blue wire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. A little bit of a splash moving on. Uh, the 49ers signed Cleveland Farrell, former Raiders defensive end, former fourth overall pick, just two picks behind Nick Bosa. And you all got you guys already know what to think of this one. It's not splashy. It's not. It doesn't necessarily move the needle right now. It doesn't. But this guy, who obviously is talented, who was very well thought out of uh, coming out of Clemson, um, was way overdrafted by the Raiders. But the talent was obvious, and now he's landing in San Francisco, where the other players that he's going to be playing next to are going to garner a lot of attention. And he's going to be coached by the Chris Kasurik, who is a very established and firm reputation of developing players, taking players and turning them into um, better players. I mean, there's no other way to say it. Just making players better. And Guy Haberman of the Haberman and Middlecoff podcast brought up the trend of the 49ers just taking, like he made a good point in the fact that saying that the 49ers get defensive linemen paid and they do it normally. That is the norm. The exception is when they like don't get paid because the 49ers regularly improve defensive linemen to the point where another team will give them a significant pay raise when that time comes around. And Guy had kind of posted up a little graphic, you know, talking about Aziz Al Shayer. He was an undrafted free agent, and then the Titans went and signed him to a one year, $6 million deal. Samson Ibicom. He signed with the 49ers, $5 million guaranteed. And then the Colts just signed him to three years, $21 million with $10 million guaranteed. Hassan Ridgeway came in with $1 million guaranteed and then now just signed with the Texans for $3 million guaranteed. Kerry Hyder um, had $550,000 guaranteed and then went to the Seahawks and had $3.6 million guaranteed. DJ Jones, 49ers, gave him $3.5 million guaranteed, and then he got $20 million guaranteed from Denver. Arden Key, the 49ers signed him for $125,000 guaranteed, and then he got $3 million from the Jags, and then $13 million guaranteed from the Titans. Deshaun Gibson, not a defensive lineman, but you know neither was Aziz Al-Shair, but $1.1 million. Now he just got $2.9 million, another player the 49ers brought back. Charles Omenahu, the 49ers traded a Six-round pick, I believe, from this year for him. Gave him two point, you know, he got two point five million, and now he just got two years, twenty million dollars. I don't know if we know the guarantees yet. So, I mean, players are just coming to the 49ers defense and just turning around and getting paid, showing that they've improved, showing that they can make make an impact, and then earning a paycheck from another team regularly. Like Haberman said, it's just the norm, and could. Cleveland Farrell be the next Arden key for the 49ers. I think there's a good chance. Um, I'm not saying that he's going to light it up. By all accounts, he's had a relatively pedestrian uh, rookie contract. He only had two sacks last year, one and a half the year before, two the year before that, four and a half as a rookie. He had 26 total tackles, three tackles for loss, eight quarterback hits. So, very similar to Arden Key, who I believe had like two or three sacks, two sacks coming in. It maybe it was very low, and then just immediately had six in his first year with the 49ers. So I could definitely see this team 
taking Cleveland Farrell and making the best of it in producing an impact player. And it's somebody for Drake Jackson to rotate with. Now, the 49ers are obviously hoping Jackson can take a big step forward in his strength and his conditioning and make sure he's ready for those 17 games. So the 49ers don't have to mention how he just straight up wasn't ready um, and wasn't prepared for the second half of last season. Um, and this is somebody who can rotate with him and the two guys can can keep each other fresh um, on the opposite side of Nick Bosa. So an interesting signing, one that it wouldn't surprise me at all, gathered, you know, perks some ears up after the season starts when uh, when Farrell just looks like a better player than he ever did with the Raiders because it's just kind of seems like how it works. Um, Isaiah Oliver is another name, a former second-round pick for the Falcons, I believe. Played through his rookie season there. I forgot to uh, forgot to pull up his stats because that's all that matters, right? His stats. Isaiah Oliver stats. I've got so many tabs open from all these players and just looking at, at all the beautiful things they've done in their careers. Um, but played five years with Atlanta. Um, tore his ACL in 2021. Uh, missed... At, played in four games and then missed the rest of the season and missed the start of 2022 as well. Um, started his career as an outside corner. Was just okay. Kind of taking his lumps. And then over the last two years has been playing uh, nickel corner and has done well. Uh, Kyle Madsen of Candlestick Chronicles um, said that he, he tweeted out that Isaiah Oliver's pro football focus grades in three years as an outside cornerback were a 70, a 56, and a 58. Not good. And his grades since moving to the slot in 21 and 22 were a 72 and a 79. So you're talking about a guy that has taken a significant step forward at the nickel. The 49ers have an opening at nickel cornerback after losing Jimmy Ward. Um, and that's not a comp. Uh, uh, us positions that's without competition. You've got Sam Womack uh, that's going to give a, another shot there, but this is a good signing uh, that gives the 49ers another option at nickel. It, it's somebody who's experienced at it, somebody who's been solid in that role for a couple years now, and we'll see where it goes. I mean, when you look at the two compared, uh, Jimmy Ward last season, I believe he had uh, over an 80% completion percentage allowed. He had over a 90% passer rating when targeted he did get managed to get a few interceptions which is a nice step forward and which was a nice step in the right direction um but then you've got isaiah oliver who allowed a 70 percent completion percentage um a 72 passer rating uh while managing one interception so not necessarily the turnover production but his performance down in and down out was was a little better of jimmy ward who i'm not going to fault jimmy ward for who was again playing like you know, the fifth position he's played with the 49ers defense. So Isaiah Oliver, Isaiah Oliver, interesting signing, um, a, a, a bigger size quarterback, six foot, 210 pounds. Uh, we'll see. I'm not sure what his performance is against the run, but it wouldn't surprise me given his size. Uh, if that's what the 49ers saw and also like that as well, because we know that the 49ers have to have corners that can tackle. It's just a requirement. That's that defensive identity. Now, moving on to the losses, those are kind of the primary additions. The 49ers did add more than that. Um, they re-signed Kevin Givens, 
who is a solid, uh, they gave him a one-year contract. He's a solid rotational player on that defensive line. He will probably be the guy that's switching off with uh, Javon Hargrave. That wouldn't surprise me if he was kind of his relief. Very similar in, in stature. You know, I, I, I could just see them being put in similar spots. Um, the 49ers also re-signed safety Deshaun Gibson Sr., who was outstanding last year. They signed him for one year and then went ahead and gave him more money this year, signing him again to another one-year deal. So um, that's a uh, you know that's that's a solid addition that solidifies the safety group for the 49ers between him and Talano Hufanga. So a pretty active free agency for the 49ers, one that I'm impressed with, but that doesn't necessarily erase the losses. They're still going to be in for it. Um, in terms of the play, trying to replace a lot of the talent they lost, um, right? Obviously, at the top of the list in terms of losses, and it wasn't um, it wasn't one that we were surprised by. But Jimmy Garoppolo is no longer on the 49ers. Um, Rita's art can is, has now formally been decommissioned. Uh, she will no longer being doing the. Uh, I believe it's after 400 and something days. Will no longer be. Uh, Drawing Jimmy Garoppolo every day until he gets traded. She officially gave Garoppolo the Andy Dufresne treatment with all these nice quotes from teammates written around him. And uh, and she's officially retiring that art se- series, which is great for her. I mean, it was really quite awesome. Um, completely. I would, I would be willing to bet if I asked her, she would sh- say that drawing those pictures changed her life. I mean, her Twitter blew up. Her, you know, everybody was was excited about those drawings. Some of them were just so damn clever and good. And this is coming from, not that it makes my opinion any more valid, but coming from an art teacher. I loved it. I just loved seeing every one of those. So congratulations to her and her successful series. And I am glad. I think I posted like the Lord of the Rings gif of Frodo saying like, it's done. You know, because she can just finally rest. Jimmy Garoppolo signed a three-year, $72 million contract with the Las Vegas Raiders. $11.2 million of that is a signing bonus. $45 million of that is guaranteed. Uh, so essentially, they're getting Jimmy Garoppolo for $15 million a year over three years. Um, in terms of salary cap purposes, his average salary is $24 million. Uh, Good for Jimmy, man. I, I've just seen a lot of bullshit in regards to Jimmy Garoppolo. People know he wasn't perfect, and he missed a lot of games, and he you know, didn't always play to the standard in which the 49ers needed him to play to win games, but there's no denying what that dude did for the 49ers organization and how quickly he transformed this place and immediately made the 49ers consistent winners when he was on the field. So it's good to see him move on. Now we'll get a better picture of what exactly Jimmy Garoppolo is. You know, was Kyle Shanahan a huge reason he was successful or will he be more successful with the, with the Raiders just as successful? Um, or will he, he take, a, take a major step back now that he's out of Kyle Shanahan's offense? We'll see. But in the end, I think you can be nothing but happy for that guy. Um, he is universally loved inside the 49ers locker room. And uh, now he gets to move on to a place where he will be expected to hold down the starting role and not necessarily be a backup in a super awkward situation that just happened to work out. Another loss was Jimmy Ward, um, which is a, uh, you know, that's that's a tough loss from many different perspectives. I mean, Jimmy Ward was the longest tenured 49ers player 
Um, I want to say he was in year nine. You know, he just kind of was one of those faces of the franchise. He signed a two-year, $13 million contract with the Texans. $4 million signing bonus, 8500 guaranteed with an average annual salary of sixty, well, $6.5 million. So didn't end up getting paid like a top safety. Got paid like a solid nickel corner, and that doesn't mean he's going to play nickel corner, but that's kind of where the market determined his value was. And uh, war, the 49ers coaching staff were big fans of Ward. Um, he'd been with the team a long time. He was one of the few players that survived the introduction of John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan. And it's just going to be different with him not being there. You know, he, he had established himself as a true 49ers player and one of the leaders in that locker room and the leader on that defense and played a huge role in that defense's dominance just from setting the tone and being a leader. seemed like he was one of the guys that was always ready to, to kick the hell out of the Rams. And, uh, It'll be interesting seeing how he does in the Texans and seeing how the 49ers do without him. Uh, yeah, you've got Tashawn Gibson, who essentially replaced him at his normal role last year. Uh, you're hoping to see the same amount of, of the same performance from Gibson as we got last year. And we'll see if, uh, if and how much the 49ers will miss Ward. Right, but whoops, sorry. I usually have my phone on silence. This is a rare non-silenced text message from me so okay and then it just said it was recording my voice what did i do i'm just trying to make sure i'm not sending some somebody some crazy ass audio message oh and now i'm getting pictures of the boys ready to play tarkov uh anyways i'm gonna keep recording this podcast i'm gonna try and tell them i'm recording the podcast but um so jimmy ward man it, it's it's just gonna be different i think you guys can probably relate to that that's the way it is when any long tenured player moves on um, I, I could, I could, I saw, I could have seen the 49ers bringing him back, but the way the off season unfolded and, um, it just seemed like it might've been that time for everybody. It seemed like there were some weird storylines throughout the off season about whether he wanted to play nickel, whether he didn't want to play nickel and, uh, whether he was happy, whether he was disgruntled, it just kind of went in a weird spot. So as that happened, it kind of made sense for them to move on. Um, and we'll see if the 49ers, how much the 49ers miss him. Another loss is Mike McGlinchey. Um, depending on who you talk to, uh, could be a great thing. Could be a, uh, could be a rough thing. Now, I think that Mike McGlinchey is going to be harder to replace than a lot of people realize. Like I'd said, uh, can you get better than Mike McGlinchey? Yes, but that's not easy, but you sure as hell can get a lot worse. Mike McGlinchey signed a five year $87.5 million contract with the Broncos. That included a $17.5 million signing bonus, 52.5 guaranteed, 52.5 million guaranteed with an average salary of $17.5 million. That tells you at the very least what the Broncos think of McGlinchey. And I know he was close to signing with the Bears also. They were probably going to give him a similar contract. So it's safe to say the NFL probably appreciated Mike McGlinchey more than your average 49ers fan. And that's what happens when when lowlights are made. I mean, I tweeted out this one clip where I said Mike McGlinchey's controller died because the entire offensive line kind of dropped back in their pass set. Nobody really rushed at Mike McGlinchey, so he kind of just stood there shuffling his feet. And it looked like his controller died. I wasn't even talking shit on him. I just thought it was funny 
the way the play kind of unfolded because he was just kind of standing there and there was no one to rush him. He didn't push. He can't push forward because you can be a legal man downfield. But it was, you, I just saw the amount of replies that got about how much people were just over it with him and how many people thought I was saying he sucked. You know, it did look weird, but I don't know how that position is supposed to be played in that moment. I, I, it was just a brief window to me. How many people just despised Mike McGlinchey? And so that is going to be, despite whether or not you liked him or not, I think that is going to be a very tough person to replace in that offense. Um, we'll see. They re-signed Colton McKivitz to a two-year deal. Uh, if that's your replacement, then I think that there will probably be um, a pretty significant drop-off. And um, we'll see. We'll see. I, I, I just think that's going to be a tough role to replace. I think the 49ers offense is going to be Looking for a replacement for that spot sooner than later, whether it's through the draft or free agency, I don't necessarily think that spot is settled yet. We'll see. Uh, but Mike McGlinchey moving on, getting a huge contract with the Broncos. Um, another one is Aziz Alshair. I think he got one year, $6 million from the Houston Texans. Emmanuel Mosley, 49ers starting quarterback last year, tore his ACL. Uh, he got a one-year deal. Uh, what was it from the Lions? Charles O'Menehu got paid quite a bit from the uh, Kansas City Chiefs. Two years, a maximum of $20 million. Uh, so a big step up for him. Samson Ebukam got three years, uh, $21 million, I believe. Three years, $24 million from the Colts. $9 million signing bonus, 10.7 guaranteed. Average salary of $8 million, so a huge step up for him. Uh, Daniel Brunskill, you know, that guy that kind of was the, the savior of the 49ers offense here and there over the last few years, stepping in where he needed to step in, coming from the, uh, what was, it's not the XFL. It was the, uh, you know, the, he was on the San Diego fleet. What was that league? I can't even remember that, that little uh, minor league NFL league, but. So the 49ers had quite a bit of losses. If I go over to overthecap.com, are there any other losses that I kind of haven't talked about? That doesn't have... Um, nope. Jimmy Garoppolo, Samson Ebukam, Jimmy Ward, Hassan Ridgeway. You know, that was another guy that signed with the Texans, Charles Omenihu. So 49ers had a lot of departures. They had a lot of additions. But overall, given the amount of people that are leaving, this still is is not solved. You know, uh, some names on here, Robbie Gould, uh, that is still kind of up in the air. Um, Kerry Hyder, I thought we heard something about him. I'm not sure. Um, I'm just looking at these names, seeing if any of them are really, you've got Jordan Willis, Jake Brendel resigned. They don't have that updated yet. Demetrius Flanagan Foles. I think they let him walk. Uh, Tarverius Moore, Dante Johnson. Okay, so a lot of these names are just kind of not necessary. The critical names have either been signed by another team or the 49ers have have kept them. But to me, that 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 obviously that standout signing is Javon Hargrave. And the 49ers have always been a build from the trenches type of team, and they put another huge piece on the board with him. And uh that could pay huge dividends going forward, and I think the 49ers are still going to, despite losing some players, I think they're still going to consider themselves um, in prime position to compete for another playoff run. I, I just think that 
Um, the team probably doesn't feel like they've lost much, and obviously they have to wait and see how their quarterback situation shakes out. But uh, very interesting start to free agency. Definitely uh, more than I thought the 49ers were going to do. I didn't necessarily thought they'd sign nobody because they needed to. They had a lot of losses. Uh, remember, I said them all in one breath, or I think I, at least I got close. And so far, they have addressed the bigger gaps, and uh, we'll see how it plays out. We'll see when they start getting on the field for the offseason program, and we'll see how people are performing and, and just see where the general gaps in the in the in the roster are. But so far, you know, it's still a very t- – it was a talented roster coming into free agency with the losses, with the gains. Maybe there's things are awash in terms of overall talent, given what you lost and what you gained. But I think a lot of heads were turned with that Javon Hargrave signing. I don't I, – I, I think he was offered more. I think I also read that he was offered more by other teams, but he decided to go to the 49ers because he knows – I think – it's a stretch, but I think Hargrave knows that he can still get another contract, whether it's with the 49ers or another team, just turning 30. If if, they, if his stint with the 49ers go as good as a lot of people expect him to, uh, he could still get another payday before he, he rides off into the sunset. So I, uh, I am very much looking forward to seeing how him, Bosa, and Armstead uh, operate because that is going to be one hell of a wrecking crew. Um, let me see. Did I miss anything? I think we kind of touched on free agency again. Sorry. I wasn't on here sooner. It kind of worked out because the 49ers made some signings today that I'm glad I got to talk about. Um, but I was in the Bay area, um, attending my friend's wedding and, uh, that makes me a good friend because I drove all the way to San Francisco to be there. Kind of just scrolling through the updates, making sure I didn't miss anything for you guys. Obviously Tabor Pepper, uh, the long snapper was re-signed, but that was well before the start of free agency, but hey, why not, you know, why not give it a little reminder? All right, I think that does it. I think we're good. I think we've covered free agency so far. Uh, again, technically today was the start of free agency, so there's a good chance that the 49ers will make a move or two tomorrow, and uh, things will kind of settle down, and we'll see where they're at. And uh, if there's a reason for me to hop back on here, I'll hop back on here. If not, maybe you'll hear from me uh, next week around the same time. No, I know normally I do Thursdays and it gets published on Fridays, but enough had gone down to where I didn't want to keep you guys waiting. So here I am. Uh, we'll see what goes on. Uh, be expecting to uh, to hear from me at the latest next week. You know, y'all know how it is. As always, I appreciate the podcast support. I appreciate you guys listening to Strike and Gold. It means the world. Thank you for being here. Thank you for being a great part of the podcast. Um, thank you for being the engine that makes this all go because in the end, yes, you could be leaving us positive reviews. You could be spreading the word, all that jazz. But in the end, your ultimate form of support is just listening to the podcast. So I appreciate you guys, but all good things must come to an end. It is time for me to get out of here. Um, I'm Rob. This is Striking Gold. And for another episode, we are signing out. <laughs>